welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where six mates unpack three topics over a new drink each week. Fuck it, just go with that, we'll fix it if it's... <laughs> welcome to episode 14 of the Simple Minds Podcast. Take two. <laughs> we had a technical glitch, we're, we're now sorted. Technical glitch, we've lost two people as well, no, they were never here. <laughs> Actually, we forgot to, that's a good point, we forgot to mention the missing comrades today. On our first take. Have to salute them as well. <laughs> anyway, guys, <laughs> we will. So we've got we've got the four of us in the room. Um, shout out to Travis Hayter and to Marco No, aka Santiago, for not being able to attend today. But we do have the eloquent Mr. Justin Bourne. So. <laughs> Can you say that after he uses the word eloquent? <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's my, it's my signature. It's your signature. It's your, it's your yeah, brand. That's right. It's your brand. Strong. He also has had a PB though, which we uh, which we did notice on his uh, Facebook page or wherever it was. Congratulations, hundred seven point five. You pissed Shane Mitchell off, mate. Well done. Thanks. Another friend of ours. Hundred and seven point five on the uh, bench press. On the bench on the press. Bench. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Really good effort. Cheers. Pounds. Pounds? Yeah. <laughs> no, what are you pounds? <laughs> but no, it's kilos. KGs. KGs for any uh, American listeners. The, the birthday man in the corner, Mr. Michael Duncan. G'day, everyone. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy Thank birthday. You. Big 45. And, uh, and Michael has... Did you 44 and take one? <laughs> he's, uh, he's been floating today, so he might, uh, might drift in and out just in case yeah. you notice his doctor tones. <laughs> exactly. Fluctuating or his intensity exactly. drifting. Um, I'll be good. I'll be I'll good. Be good. <laughs> I can't remember what I called you before. Uh, Matt. Magic. Oh, Magic Matt. <laughs> magic Matt. <laughs> Not to be confused with Magic Mike. Well, because well, I. Why would you want to be confused with Magic Mike? Well, he's got a lot of fans. Yeah, he's got a lot of fans. I had him do that. that uh, on That's true. <laughs> magic Matt. We'll take. I'll take it. Magic Matt. And oh. who? And, who are you? And I am Conrad Francis. <laughs> Welcome everybody. And what are we drinking today? And we are Conrad. drinking today. We are drinking a Pinot Noir from lovely Tasmania. Uh, Stefano Lubania. A 2016 Pinot. I've, I've been drinking Pinots. I've been drinking wine for a while. I actually do collect wine, alright, just if you guys didn't know. But I've been drinking mainly Pinot for the best part of the year. I've been uh, pushed down that way, or influenced down that way rather, from another winemaking friend of mine who uh, tested me with my palate. And apparently Pinots are a very cultured palate. Um, well, Pinot drinkers have a very cultured palate, so. So you don't really like it then, do you? There's a float coming out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back, I'm back. So yeah, it's a, it's a Pinot. Uh, I know Mike's birthday day, he likes red. Cheers. Cheers, Please. Mike. That's a lovely red as well. Yeah, Big fan beautiful. of Pinot myself, as I said. But take one you know i get to new zealand a lot i head up to the pacific and i fly in new zealand and i um they often have a, a nice pinot on board and uh yeah i i'm not sure i would consider myself that sophisticated in palate conrad but <laughs> yep. i do enjoy pinot 100 percent estate grown biodynamic mm. i tasted the biodynamic yeah, you can it, can't you? <laughs> australian certified organic Please. Organic. It's a cracker. See Tasmania. No, I've taken care of you boys today. Yeah. We knew the other two underlings weren't around, so we just brought the crackers out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Travis wouldn't appreciate it at all. Uh, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Marco would have. Marco would have, yeah, yeah. yeah. So on content we have today Justin, um, Michael, yep. and myself, Matt's um, deferred to me today. I have. So is this in for special comments? <laughs> special magic, <laughs> magic comments. Magical comments. Special comments. I didn't need to bring content. I didn't need to bring a drink, but I did have to set the whole thing up. So yeah, which didn't work very well, did it? It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> you have a flight today, Mike. It is a different. Fire. Can you have a float every Friday yeah, before yeah. you come in? He's a sniper in the corner. Yeah, of the isn't he? Hashtag sniper. Yeah. All right, so... Um, Can I guess have... what your question is now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't generally circulate content before we, we start talking about it. Or discuss it before we no, start talking like, about it. I quite it. like how we're doing this. It's good. Which one? What circulate? I just like... It's take two, so we should have had a bit of time to think. Having a bit of deja vu here. I know. It could be the flow. Well, on that then, I mean, like I said to you guys, and I won't talk as much as I did in the past, but a few weeks ago I spent some time with a very good friend of mine, an author, who... I have um, hung out with and, and read his book, The Magician's Way, back in 2009. He's got two books, he's now turning... Who's the author? The author is William Whitecloud. Is White Cloud a an, an native American 
Is he? Is there any connection there with? Because that sounds Native American, yeah, like so white clothes. Will, or... William is from. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Swaziland. Don't oh. don't um, don't crucify me, William. I apologise if I got it wrong. But it, he's from Africa. Oh, he's from Very Africa. Very connected okay. to the land. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I've just spent five days in his natural success create your destiny course, and he references a lot of historical data for his methodology of success, okay. um, which makes a lot of sense to me, and, um, and one of the pieces he left me with was, um, was a saying um, which dates back to, I think, what I just got there, um, some stupid um, age of somewhere. 64 to 141 AD is when this dude lived. Okay. This is um, Hermes, Hermes Trismegistus, mm. or eloquently known as Thrice Great. Oh. And he was called Thrice Great, which is kind of interesting, was when I started Googling this stuff. He's, because in, the, in his time on the planet, he was known as the expert in alchemy, astrology, and Thurgy, T-H-E-U-R-G-Y. And so when I Google Thurgy, um, Thurgy is the study or the science of divine magic, which is a whole other Pandora's box, probably for a whole other session. And there's and three kind of main yeah. features. So three's, that's, a, that's, three's a magic number. This yeah. is what he's called. So he's called Thrice Great. It, it, and I've put it in our little group. You know, it's, it has opened a massive Pandora's box of, of other things and learning for people, but I want to focus on one part of this. Uh, which was a saying or a slash a proverb that uh, William touched on when I was with him a couple of weeks ago. The half-wise shall be dashed against the rocks by reason of their own folly. Um, and I, I guess, like everything, when that seed was planted, um, what I've started to notice and you know, I try to fit into my life, how this shows up and what it stands for in the current day, it's always interesting to know where it originates from, but how does it apply to you today? Um, and conversations since then um, have allowed me to probably observe a lot of people who I believe to be half wise or they are aware but they're not doing enough. And I've just come from a meeting where that's another case. So in the oh, field, wow, okay. yeah, yep. uh, where they're caught right back in the middle and they're not taking action. And that could then um, it eventually catch up with them and there is probably a, a very big financial issue on the cards if they take no action. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, I see that in my business a lot. I see that in basketball a lot. I see that in life a lot where people you know, become aware that they need to do something and not necessarily take action or take incorrect action predicated by fear largely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just want to, I, I guess I, I want to put it on the table to you guys how, it rep how that quote would probably represent itself to, itself to you guys now as you've just heard it. And if you can think of situations where it, it applies to you or anyone that you've seen recently um, and just see how it plays itself out. Now we'll go the other way. We'll go the other way. <laughs> Matt Hannon. Magic. Magic. Magic Matt. No, don't call me that. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting visions right there. <laughs> okay, then we'll turn the mic off for this um, for this segment. Um, yeah, look, I, I think it's interesting. Like, if I want to apply that to myself, I think we talked a little more generally about it before, but like, I do feel like one of the biggest pieces of action that I am forced to take is literally, there's always a jungle in front of you, right? And it's literally like getting that machete out and just ripping through it. And like, and I, I guess what I mean by that is there's always a, a small fence, middle-sized fence, large fence, you know, trees. If we're talking the, the, you know, so if we're talking the jungle thing, there's always there's a roadblock. There's lots of roadblocks that just keep coming up and you can sort of sit there or, and, or you can move through it quicker. And the more that you keep sort of getting through these, big or small, that's where momentum is sort of bred from. And I, I definitely feel that at times. And I know exactly what that half-wire space feels like um, when you're sort of stuck in fear and any form of anxiety around. Uh, and you can get caught in this just this inaction zone. And inaction doesn't mean you're doing nothing. Often it means you're still active, but you're just not focused on the highest and best use of time. So it's inaction if you are aware of something. So inaction when you're ignorant of something is one thing, right? I guess this quote is, you're aware that you should be doing something. So it's, it's quasi procrastination or stupidity, right? No, but I think you stack them up, right? So let's just metaphorically say I stack a bunch of things up on my shoulder and I'll do that to the point that I'm effectively not taking any action because I haven't just quickly, fluidly moved through those few things because 
uh, maybe there's a huge amount of money coming in next week. So hang on, I won't just do that. And then hang on, I won't just pay this. And then hang on, I won't just do that. And you've hinged everything off a potential future event that may or may not go wrong. And that's when I, you know, in my mind, this is, that's the kind of point where I find myself not taking the right action or knowing I should have done a bunch of things and you end up in an overwhelmed state because you haven't just like continued the momentum. That's because you've lent on the side or I've lent on the side and this situation on the, the side of fear, anxiety, what if, rather than just continually moving through and being certain around what's happening. I think that's a more personal response to how, how it sort of feels internally for me at times. Sometimes I'm very much aware I'm doing it. Other times I get to a point that I'm like, oh, and I, I realise I'll break through something and say, why did I hang on to that? So sometimes there is an awareness, sometimes there isn't, but I definitely yeah, feel it. It takes practice being aware yeah. of it. I think a lot, and a lot of people, I mean, I've, I think for a long time was unaware of my half wise or, or my whys complete. Like, I mean, I, I've been a procrastinator and probably still am to a degree, but I'm getting a lot better at realizing when I'm not taking action and sort of pausing during the day, knowing, you know, knowing, <laughs> looking back at myself and saying, Michael, you're not doing this yeah, thing that you know you're doing. Because you'd be productively procrastinating, right? Oh, you're definitely. not sitting I'm still, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing something. Like, can, yeah. I, can I throw something out there, right? You, yeah. we, we've all read lots of things around stoicism and um, the, uh, the ego is the way and those types of things and references, right? I've heard the word procrastination mentioned on a couple of occasions. What I learned recently was that if procrastination exists, that's a tool for e the ego. Does that, how does that sit with you guys? As, so like a, maybe an excuse for the ego to... It's the ego showing up. So when procrastination exists, that's the ego at work. Yep. I think sometimes, like I can, sometimes it's ego because it's potentially something what you need, what you need to do, the action you need to take you might think is beneath you or you know something along those lines and your ego doesn't want you to take that action or is looking for hopefully someone else to do that work because they don't want to you don't want to face that um i'm not sure where that then leans into i guess inaction on the basis of uh people's fears or fear or anxiety which is a common you know preventer of yeah. think people doing most is i mean that does ego does lead into that i mean there's there's ego fears um, a lot of people won't try something, like they won't film themselves and put it online because they're scared. That's all ego. But I, I wonder where that differentiates between the, like, I'm fearful and scared on a financial basis or, or other, other areas. I'm, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess this, this is where I've become more aware of the components of ego and how the components of ego, when ego shows up, ego's predicating coming, or ego's primarily coming from your unconscious mind feeding your subconscious mind which then creates your thoughts and it's all attached to your beliefs whereas your vision is coming from your higher conscious self um, and that's where they talk about this state of creativity everything creates in your state of vision from your higher yeah. your highest conscious self ego, where, where, e where genius exists yeah ego is the voice that's giving you the excuses ego, yeah. ego is the one which telling attached you to your beliefs yeah 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 i was going to say belief like Having a much stronger belief will start to shatter the, the ego a, a little bit. Having a better vision. Yep. Having a stronger vision or focus. You know, but, but coming back to that quote, is it fair to say, uh, and Justin or, or Michael or Matt, is it fair to say that the, the difference between the half-wise and the wise would be primarily action? Or clarity even. Um, I think you need the clari clarity of the action, like what the well, belief or the vision of why you're doing something yeah. Yeah, yeah. to fulfill that. Yeah. Um, Half-wise, you're kind of in that sort of spinning around. You don't really know. You're looking, going that way. You're going this way. So, but did, but you know, I, uh, I would disagree. I would probably lean more towards that statement that the, the difference between half-wise and wise in the, in the context of this proverb is action because in terms of this proverb, nature of their own folly, which is, yeah, there's X, Y, or Z that you know you should be doing and you don't do it, and then in six months, three months' times, it becomes that thing you have to sort out. And we've all been and, there, right? Yeah, oh, we've yeah. all been there on multiple occasions. It's like that, that, 
that one thing that you've been putting off, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it next week, I'll do it whatever, and then all of a sudden, boom, that one thing explodes, and it can be minor, it can be great, and that's the, 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 what you're having to deal with because of your own bullshit. And that could be anything as big as a vision. You have the vision, I wanna start that business, I wanna do that thing, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and you don't end up doing anything, then six, two months, years down the track, you're just that person who is aware of what you want and what you wanna do, but you ain't doing shit. Um, yeah, but is it clear enough? The, the, then you become at your own fault, right? Yeah. Action gives you a result, right? Failure or success, it gives you a result. But we all but, we all accept failure is okay, though. But there are, yeah, failure is okay. I some would agree that you need some form of clarity, but you can have, you can be clear as day as as to what you want. But mm. it comes back to that, you know, your actions are going to match your ambitions. So if you're clear on what you want, but you're doing fuck all about it, then you, you can be clear on that. Um, yet, you know, because there are a lot of people, I don't, I don't know, there are a lot of individuals out there who talk the big game, and I, can, I sometimes feel like I do that too, and I sometimes feel like I don't do enough, mm. um, that are matching where I would really like to be. I'm clear on where I'd like to go, but I still feel like... Uh, so they're the people who have let the ego take over too much and the ego just becomes them and nothing's yeah. actually happening because of Potentially, it. Potentially, maybe they're it? trying to hold on to something or I, I don't know. But in the, in the context of this, I guess, saying, um, definitely live there in that aware of should do that thing or this thing. The simplest day-to-day thing is like brushing your teeth. I was listening to the podcast <laughs> yeah. the other day mm-hmm. from... Um, um, Steve Bartlett, Dive CEO, check it out, it's great. That's my plug. Um, <laughs> he talked about brushing your teeth. You don't brush your teeth because you're busy, because you're going to do this, you're going to do that, or I can't be bothered, or you're lazy. Yeah, and you and just then, said brush your teeth, right? Just for the record, I yeah. brushed my teeth today, right? But I still went and checked if I brushed my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and, but if you don't brush your teeth, <laughs> that's crazy. Right? In, in whatever six months you go to the dentist and it's going to cost you potentially a shitload of money or in two years time you're going to you know that's the exa- that is to me that you know you're wise enough that's where the folly comes from yeah. the foolishness of it all yeah you're you're aware and know you have to brush your t- you should you should brush your teeth every day yeah and but, I'm much, but much, then you're going to wear the consequences later down the line by not doing so now, yet it's such a small task. The simple things like making your bed as well, like yeah. um, set your frame up for the, for the day, paying bills on time, which is probably my weakest one, and then it comes back to bite you somewhere yeah. down the yeah. line. Or you end up paying a little bit more than what you should have, yeah. and that magnifies. I mean, that's how I take it. Going back to the, the clarity and the vision, Maybe that is intertwined in all of it. Well, I think it is right. Because it is intertwined, it, but but like brushing your teeth, you don't have to have a vision for that. No, but you do <laughs> because you have got a vision of who you are in a bigger picture. So if you've got the clarity, I, I then re- the ego it is ego because it's because I think you you hit on something really closely to the point of failure, and so it's that prevention of failure which is the ego that like stops you. So if you've got the clarity, you then have to take action. But most people are taking some form of action. And the, I think the thing that prevents them from taking the right action towards that clear goal is, is just straight up ego. And a lot of that is the fear of failure and the fear of being perceived to have failed and otherwise. And so I think that all ties together. And part of that brushing your teeth thing, I, I think that's just something where people will, they've settled in and they've, they've potentially dropped down the, like if someone's not brushing their teeth, it's because they've decided they're busy. They've decided they're busy because that's their excuse for not achieving the thing that they're looking to achieve. Yeah. Like there's, there's you, a series of layers that- If that, you're going to about the root of not taking action, those are the things, but in the term of, I guess, this, I, you know, I agree. You know, a lot of people don't, they talk all of that. You know, that's more the side of why don't people take action, right? Yeah. This is, this quote's more stating that you're aware of it. Yeah. And so you're you should gonna, brush your teeth and if you don't, you will be at the dentist. No, but that's yeah. right. The person who's aware of it is deciding that and deciding to tell everyone they're busy. And let's just call that everyone in society right now because we're not excluded from that. But that's a, everyone, everyone's busy right now, right? As a I'm, general rule. I could be busy, yeah. Well, we all could be busy, but that's the point. I think the business is an excuse for not being able to achieve something. So we're too busy, so we can't cook our own dinner. We're too busy, whatever it is. The teeth is part of it. I was too busy, I forgot. 
So they've created that business. You know, I've done it. Well, I brush my teeth, but uh, you know, whatever. It's um, we've cre- we create that business, which is an excuse for not achieving or not even having time to think about getting that clear goal in place. So we're sort of aware of it, but we're not. You know, we don't. Have, we're sitting in that no man's land. We're sitting in the basically in the rough in the ocean. You live in too much in the past and future instead of the present. The present's the key to which I've found over the last few years after sort of working on myself with action, teeth bad picking up rubbish they're all habits that I've introduced in the last like couple of years just doing that <laughs> really you weren't brushing your teeth <laughs> no I'll, yeah I'm happy to admit that throughout most of my teenage years did not brush my teeth really like, yeah just never did it it was just one of those things it's been a habit that I've had to build over Are the last real? five or ten years yeah. Yeah. they're legit what they, they're they're white they're, they're like straight they're, you know, what's going on here I have good genes <laughs> I mean, we'll go on to the next topic, but I mean, I guess just, just to recap, and for those, it would be interesting what me and Mark and Travis were on this thing, right? Um, because they both take a lot of action. Um, but again, just to come back to this quote for those that are listening, the half guy shall be dashed against the rocks by reason of their own folly. I guess I'd love you to sit with it and figure out where you fit. Are you some interesting words in there. Half-wise? Don't be a shipwreck. There's some really interesting <laughs> words in there too. Like, was it dashed? I had dashed. thrashed before, so I had that wrong. Thrashed, but it sort of means the same thing. It's like they will, you know, it's quite an aggressive term. I mean, look at the, look at the area that was written, you know. I mean, that's, that's the context behind that. And it was a very black or white life, right? Yeah. Anyway. I think we need to get back to more of a black and black or white life. Like you either do this thing now or you don't do it. I, like, yeah, so I don't think people around me that convince me to play playing the brain. Oh, fuck, I agree with you. The blacker the black, the whiter the white. I'm happy. It's much easier. Well, actually, it's not much easier. There's, it's harder. No, it's harder but easier. Like to be black and white about something. Either you think so? don't qu- well, like like brushing teeth. Don't question it. Just freaking do it. Like yeah. it's, it's black and white. Do it. Don't question it. Get on and save your brain power for something else. Just. And it's habit building. It All take, right, well, takes let's, time. let's hand over to, to, to the, the super weight, the heavyweight super world. Weight, heavy weight. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know whether it's connected. Oh, we always My find way, excuses <laughs> for it to be connected, right? Just um, do it. Do we? Jesus, well, yeah, just, do it. just do it. Black and white, right? All right, so um, I've got an interesting one. This hasn't been brought up in the podcast. And, um, you know, we talk a bit of entrepreneurship and other things like that. So I wanted to bring to the table the debate which has been talked about before. Are you born an entrepreneur or can you learn to be an entrepreneur? Or can you learn to build a business or are you born with the gifts? So I was listening to um, the podcast, yeah, Steve Bartlett's, and he talked about how he's very similar to Gary Vee, if anyone's familiar with him and if anyone's familiar with Gary Vee. Um, anyone consuming any content online that's not familiar with Gary Vee should get on not it. consuming enough content. Correctly. Um, <laughs> Gary, content, content, content. Gary Vee's everywhere. Um, and, you know, they talk a lot about how, you know, find what you want. And then um, Gary's got the opinion that you've got to be born it. It can't be taught. Some other people believe that it can be taught. And, you know, it's a skill rather than a, a talent. And so, you know, it goes back to a little bit of this. And, you know, I know, Conrad, you've been exposed to people, a lot of people um, as well. And even through your experiences, Matt, and same with yourself, Mike, do you, what what do you guys believe? Do you think that you need to be born with this? Because it's not built for everyone. Well, it's simply not built for everyone. Everyone can't do this. The essence of entrepreneurship is questioning, right? Yep. And I think you have to be born in an inquisitive person. Whether you t- translate that into money or ideas that are monetizable is, I think, can be learned. But the, the essence of questioning, and I remember being a kid in my dad's shed and just playing with freaking everything. Not the right way, completely the wrong way, and getting told off by a man for doing that. But I questioned and I used and I, you know, I get toys and I pull them apart um, and just to see what they would look like. And I think that's the essence of entrepreneurship. Is that you want to question and challenge the status quo? I think that's part of it. I, well, I, that to me is is where I believe my main. yeah. I mean, the monetization part only came later for me. Um, but the idea to question and challenge yeah. is probably what I think I was, well, what, what I know I believe was inherently what I was born with. It's the definition as well, isn't it? What, what, and I have a bit of a love-hate thing with, the word, the, with the word. I've got it here. Have you? 
a person who sets up a business or businesses yeah. taking on financial risks in the hope of profit. So that's the monetization part, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. That came later to me. But I, Scary. I, honestly, I honestly do believe, apologies, I don't think it's broken, um, <laughs> that you still have to question and challenge to be able to get to a point of monetizing something. Oh, definitely, yeah. And working through pain, suffering, <laughs> that sort of stuff as well. But entrepreneurship, well, too many, there's, there's a lot of definitions, too much right? Wishy-washy there's a lot of stuff with entrepreneurship. Who is, like, people... Well, entrepreneurship is fucking wishy-washy, man. Yeah. There are more freaking broke entrepreneurs than there are bloody millionaires, right? Because yeah, but wishy I think it's more black and white than that. I think, like, you're either an entre entrepreneur or not. I don't think I don't call myself. An but titles never define you anyway. Exactly, that's yeah. the scary part. The of title it, doesn't. It? I, I, it's more of you know, yeah, business. Can you run? Could you run a business? Could you build? A lot of people. It's now cool to be an entrepreneur, right? And all that other stuff. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there too, and things like that. And not everyone's built for it, right? Yeah. Because it's the bloody the stress and all that. Type it's of bloody stuff. tough. And so that's probably the other element of it. Um, there's another know. like, there's a few other definitions, and I'll just jump in because that's the financial one. But a lot of other ones revolve around the being able to organise people and and move things towards a vision and a goal to to take on risk. It's not just all about those finances, uh, or not just about money. And for, I think from many entrepreneurs, it's not just about money. So I'm, I'm, I'm very keen for the root origin of this word. Oh, you guys keep going. Entrepreneur magazine's got entrepreneurship is the process of designing, launching, and running a new business, which is often initially a small business. I mean, there's going to be a heap of different things. But, but what you're saying, we're not, can you yeah, learn these some, skills? Some somatics aside, right? Yeah. It's you know we all run um, a business in this room. Is that something? Do you think? I don't run my business from this room. Sorry, no, that was a really don't. bad joke. Your, your phone's in this room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you do. I'm an entrepreneur. Ooh. Can I can I take you to the root origin of this word? Okay. So the word entrepreneur is a loan word from French. Interesting what a loan word is. In the French, the verb entre excuse my French, my grandfather would kill me. Like he would kill me right now. Entreprenondre. Entreprenondre. Okay. Means to undertake with entree coming from the Latin word meaning between and prendre meaning to take, to undertake. To undertake, hmm. to so do, it's which is... creation, right? It's creation, it's taking on risks, it's doing I something say, new. So to me, undertake would be to take on. Creating something from nothing, yeah? Like well, undertake, a, be it's, a, it's a take. I undertake to support you on your journey. I undertake to go and do the shopping for you. Well, it's the question, responsibility. question I've got for everyone to consider, so where, how does a leader and an entrepreneur differentiate well, how, how, does, how do you differentiate those two terms? Because I think there would potentially be some entrepreneurs that aren't great leaders, but for the most part, I think they are and they need to be. I mean, what, what, do you, what would you think about that? I think I vision is a visionary. I do not agree. I, I think vision is a question. Uh, oh, sorry, mate. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate all my well, I think you should. I think you should, before the question, if we're going to go black and white, answer with a yes, no, and then the other question. Okay, do can it believe? be taught? Okay. Yeah, can yes it be taught? No? Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't want to. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not to give you a black and white, but my answer's always <laughs> been no. But Mr. Gray in the corner, put some magic into it, man. What's just, <laughs> this is magic. What's just come into my mind recently is that I, I think I think if people have been through or had some some significant um, trauma or other things or had some reason to give them a jolt, like in their life at some point, that can give them a kickstart to start to question things and start to look and do doing things differently. So my so answer. Well, it can be learned, but I, I think there, there needs to be some form of trigger. But really, I, my, my, my answer has always been no. I, I, I think you need to be built in a particular way, and then be, I think many of us have that. But then, but okay, then you need gotta, to, it's got to be built on with you other activities. You need to define then who you can change into an entrepreneur. So some people you well, can... So their skill sets, exactly yeah. right. That's what I'm saying. I was born with an inquisitive mindset. Well, that's... That's the question. So you've got 1,000 people, you've got 200 that are like born yeah. on, or say 10 that are born entrepreneurs that just do it anyway, it's just it's natural, boom, boom, yeah. boom, they do it. But you've probably got maybe 200 that you could teach yeah. and mentor and push. And, and I think it's, it's, it becomes how you teach. I don't necessarily think there's a structural Well, that's part, I was part of the question. Could anyone not be? No. Okay, anyone, no. no. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah. So we should answer the question. <laughs> Ask, but we're all entrepreneurs here, we uh, fucking just take action. Yeah, <laughs> ask better questions, get better answers, right? But I think you still can't teach it to... No, you can't teach everyone. 
Not, no, not everyone, but you can teach it to certain people. I think people. that's where you, the path you were going, and that's where I was probably my answer as well, is like, I don't, yeah, there are just, I don't think it's for everyone, and I think the majority it's not for. Um, and you can teach the elements of it, but the next level of, you know, so for example, you can teach people to be a number two or a number three within a business, yeah. but to be the number one, I think that's Because it's madness, people. right? Why would you do it? Why yeah, would you want to crazy. do it? I'm bringing back to Jocko and Wilco here, right? Because I've just Googled the meaning of the word undertake, which is where entrepreneur comes well, from. What, Jocko right? comes up? Well, Jocko, no, Jocko indeed <laughs> comes up <laughs> everywhere today. And I'll tell you why he came to my straight to read this. Because it's to commit oneself to begin Sorry, a lie. Um, yeah. to, to, um, to, to undertake is to become responsible, accept responsibility. Yeah, which is that first step, yeah. taking that yeah. step well, into... And that's the part that I think people don't... They need to either be born with it or some type of event or something has to happen to allow them to to kick into that responsibility. It's a mindset, right? So what your was upbringing yours? will have a lot of influence into that as well. Oh, it's so Matt, what was your first step? Like when you obviously worked for people. Yep. When was that first thing when you thought, no, no, I'm going to set up my own, this is me, this is... What <laughs> yeah, this is, you got 20, have you got 20 all, minutes? Um, no, yeah. look, my whole life I had felt inclined towards doing that eventually. I don't know how I would ever get there. My first step was like literally falling apart physically for about two years in my 20s after being like a very capable, strong, fit guy my whole life. All of a sudden I just found myself sick and like ill for two years and think, you know, something I had to work through and I got that was my kickstart to, to go decide to take control to it, like it, take, it like, doesn't even matter anymore yeah. like I'm at effectively what I thought I was at rock bottom at that point so why am I worried about what anyone else might think just go and do it just go and figure it out so that was my kickstart and I I believe I had those tendencies anyway yeah. yet I still had or needed some form of event to give me a kick to go and start doing it like I think a, there is always an event trigger, right? I mean, yeah. even with Zuckerberg and Jobs, so there's always an event trigger. So let's, let's understand there is a, but the dynamics of what makes you create that opportunity. So I honestly do believe yeah, things that have to line, yeah. things do need to line up. And sometimes we, we look at it as being shit that happens to us, right? But when you look back at it, it's actually happened for you. No, it's happened for yeah, me. It's happened like for that, you. But in that moment, was that a lot stubborn? of times it's happening to you. Yeah, yeah. Crisis, so, yeah. all that other bullshit. Well, in my view, that I was too stubborn to bloody do anything before that. And that was what ended up getting presented to me to make it happen like, in a lot of ways. That's how I view it now. Like, yeah. it happened for me. And, and, and before well, that, I just hadn't taken any of the real action. I mean, I, well, my, action, I was my, working my, 80 my, hour weeks. So I was super busy, but I needed something to, like, force me to, to change my path. I mean, upon reflection, I can see how things happened for me, but in the moment, I was thinking oh. I, was, I was a massive victim. Oh, yeah. I was a massive victim. I, I could do it all the way through, but I was done. I, I didn't step into it willingly. I, so, I stepped so into going it eventually. Did you have a single, like, did, was there a single moment where you're like, I'm going to be running my own thing, i got to do my own thing? Was, like, there, like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there was probably two moments. Uh, a conversation when I was 16 about how I saw the world for myself with a friend of mine and then probably another one when I was about 25 as to what I wanted to create for myself. Um, and one was probably more lifestyle, the other one, the latter one, became more business visionary um, and that's and that's where it all ended up. Was there a trigger like that? The tri yeah, there was, a, there was a trigger. There was a personal event that happened in my life around the time I made the decision. Um, it was a, and it wasn't professional, it was personal. And, it was an, and I'm going to be honest with you, it was a knee-jerk reaction to that personal decision that I believe forced me into a, into a situation. But when I look back at life, it was an opportunity, so therefore life was happening for me, not to me. But in the moment, I certainly felt like I didn't have a choice. Okay. Crazy. Cray, cray. Cray, cray. Honestly, we could probably, like, we could it's go a good subject for another deeper. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, is a good, it, is, it is a good... It's well, real, right? It is because you've got to have a. I think that's part of the whole point is like having the awareness and knowing the tendencies. Where I think Gary Vee talks about having entrepreneur tendencies, but not being. Yeah, but there's a shitload of FOMO and greed going on at the moment. That's, that's why the name is so. The it's word entrepreneur is so vogue. Yeah, and there's a bit of. Eh, it's so wank wank, mate. Well, when I was in yeah. the bank, an entrepreneur, a person that put an entrepreneur down as an occupation, you think this guy, this guy go. isn't going to get. <laughs> I didn't say that word. That this guy's not going to get a loan. This lady's not going to get a loan. What, what is he doing? Is he freaking just. Airy fairy. Yeah, now one. it's now it's cool. Now it's cool. Yeah, but it's interesting that like I think you had I guess visions or 
the drive to do something and then it took a trigger. And then I look at my story, which is similar in that I remember walking into my first job, proper job, and walking past Sears office and telling myself I'm going to be sitting there. Like that was my, and I think that's part of my. Did you tell anyone else, or that was just your realization? Uh, Probably not for a while, but I remember my first performance review. This was at a large kind of engineering firm, and you do these wanky performance reviews. And there was something of like, what's your like ten year goals or or something? And I just wrote, "Sky's the limit." And the guy's just like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, I think in that performance reviews when I told the guy, "Yeah, I'm going to sit in that room next door," because it was next door to the CIO's office. Right, they do it all the time, <laughs> and and that, I mean that was my mindset there. But it took me a while, and then I had a trigger, which then started my business. But I guess yeah, I'd always had the uh, always wanted to be doing something. There was always something there that was, and I think that was a lot of influence of my upbringing, though. So you know, whether it was you, taught, your dad had the business. Um, so business runs in my family. Yeah, yeah my dad has. A, but when I was growing up, he didn't. Okay. We were we did, were quite. Not well off at all. We were quite poor growing up for the most part. So, you know, lower end of the lower, lower end of the middle class, not like, you know, completely. And I think that's had a lot of influence on kind of the drive or the ambition. You know, Robbins talks about um, you, well, know, you being, want to get better, being grateful yeah. for the, 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 suf- the sufferings that you've had in the, in the past. And I think that was the core reason whether you call that vision or clarity um which i got from an early age and i was always people always like i always i always knew what i wanted to do from when i was 15 or 12. i always knew what i wanted to do and always cleared out the path so i guess coming back to the first segment maybe you do need vision and clarity where the majority of my peers the 99 percent had no idea what the fuck they were doing i'm like i know what i'm doing i'm doing that and then I'm doing this, and then I'm doing that. And I remember going to my first job and realizing I was a shit kicker at the bottom. I thought I, you know, the ego is like, yeah, this is amazing. And then I realized, oh, I'm at the bottom. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. And then I had to take the actions yeah. to, to climb. Um, and, but a lot of my peers, they'd always be like, oh, you're so lucky, you know what you want to do. And I was like, oh, just enjoy it. Um, and but maybe, you take an action. Yeah. But in large, you'd still probably still be on the essence of half-wise, wouldn't you? Because you still do, even in right now, even though you've taken action, there's still inaction that exists. Yeah, in, in this point in time, yeah. yes. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting, like, um, and now that I grow a team as well, um, and listening to these other, I guess, content creators or influencers or mentors, whatever you want to call them, um, knowing whether everyone's got these type of abilities and I guess it comes back to self-awareness yeah um, it is popular now and don't yeah you say it's, popular though I've been encouraged by people that put my LinkedIn profiles and stuff together yeah. to remove entrepreneur from any of my titles I probably would as well I wouldn't use that who was that interesting I can't remember. super interesting and you wouldn't use the word entrepreneur so it's not on any of my stuff yeah no Maybe the word is getting a negative connotation, but the, the maybe it's the the lifestyle and the whatever is being portrayed. The entrepreneurs are doing it. Correct. And that picture of you getting into that jet, Conrad, take that off your LinkedIn. <laughs> take that, that off your LinkedIn. Splashing that money right there. That the spa bar for you was full of cash and there was no money in it. We'll finish off the. We've all shared our stories. Right. That over, over to Michael. What was your? Uh, mine, mine was. I think we should sing happy birthday to me. The big. Uh, <laughs> oh, you can. Oh, you okay. can. I think we should save everyone's ears. Barbara shop. Can't you just call Barbara Streisand or something and get this organised? I love Marilyn Monroe's version. It's your advice. Don't do that for me, please. <laughs> Marlon Monroe version. That would be a bit... So what was your trigger? Okay, so um, Michael, what was your trigger? trigger? Kids. Having kids, kids yeah. yeah. My <laughs> wife was working... Oh, dearie me. My so wife was working full-time, as, as was I. Um, and we just made the decision that we need more time at home with the kids, and it was going to be me. And I had a couple of clients that had brought into the job I was in, so I brought them into the into the, the workplace where I was working as a as a designer, and I stepped away and started doing work directly for one or two big clients from home, and I've never looked back. It's been how long has it been? Jesus, a long time, twelve years or so. Um, and yeah, that that was it. It was just a, a necessity of looking after the kids on a more. <laughs> just looking after the kids more, you know, we were both working full time, they were young, 
and yeah, we made the decision to for me to stay, me to stay at home and work from home. And was it scary? I don't remember it being scary. No, I, I remember it being quite. It just happened, and just I just kept going. And I remember it being scary, getting invoices and um, getting quotes from like printers for reports and stuff like that. Like a quote came through for like fifty thousand, so I had to like do up a proposal to the client for fifty thousand dollars. Like, wow, this is amazing! So scared, like with it, like I'd be getting that money from the client, and so it just a, and it's been such a, an amazing learning process. I'm just so grateful for it. I would never, I would find it exceedingly did, hard. And did you I'd, ever have? Um like the pulls to ever do that? It was literally just, I don't did know. you ever talk yeah, about it? And you're like, really. I should do it, my it own was thing. Quite a, Cause I'm a very, I'm quite a laid back person. Yeah. So it just, it happened like that. It was quite a chilled sort of, I just moved to home, hired a Mac, started working. And my big thing, and it was, I built up good relationships with clients and that's been the biggest thing. Um, and if anybody is thinking about starting a business, just communication, clients, love your clients. Um, get the right clients and be self-aware be self-aware yeah so it is so we believe it's somewhat teachable but you have to have I guess some core elements yeah, to I think life things in life will, will maybe force you into yeah into that position yeah well that seems but to be, be self-aware of it and sort of to be, be the common theme there is a trigger a trigger definitely yeah. a large external trigger super interesting I would encourage lots of people to give it a go at least you only got one life, yeah? Well, but only if you want to. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. that's if you want the key to, yeah, because yeah. It, it's just, it, it's just, it, it's almost glamorous, right, at this point? And it's just so far from glamorous. glamorous. Like, it couldn't be anything further from the word glamorous. And I think that's that's the point, and that's where... And that's where it's when you get your first tax bill through, and you start <laughs> talking to the tax office and your accountant, and that's where it starts going. And then you're like, really? Pa- <laughs> but what's what's what? payroll tax? Yeah. <laughs> like, where did that come from? And where yeah. all these other wonderful P-A-Y-G, things? P-A-Y-G, and why am I yeah. paying this amount now? Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then when you're, you're scrambling to pay your know, monthly wages, it's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a... Wages, bass, super. Oh, man. Not to scare anyone away. (laughs) But, you know, it is good, but it does take... Yeah, you have to be a certain type of individual. It's very empowering. And it's not to... It's not the ego there speaking. It's just you got to be the awareness. Like you got to be aware. You've got to know what's going to take. Yeah, you got to know what it's going to exactly. That's well, you're never going to know what it's going to take till you get there. But you know, well, really you got to. You got to hang out with these people, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I, I, I agree. Well that pissed up to me that I, I spoke to Chisholm last year, and he just contacted me on Facebook. Connor, can I come and hang out with you, mate? Come and see it. Feel the fucking pain, man. <laughs> Feel the suffering. 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 No, but I You're thought we didn't suffer. suffer. I thought we don't, yeah, need, we don't need to suffer. You told us that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking back to that. I will look back to He's that. He's circling back. I will look back to it. Now, Michael Duncan. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going philosophy, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> Off the float, too. Do you want to plug the float? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, float I went to East Perth, um, Beyond oh, Rest. beautiful guys at Beyond Rest. They're really nice, nice dudes. They let us float, you know, for free every now and then. Yeah. They don't let me float for fucking free. Maybe in the future. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me a free float, because I did the monthly thing. He gave me a free float today, which is really good. Oh, so wow. I thought you got four or five floats up my sleeve. It was I'm a great float go. as well. I'm going to go this weekend. I got deep. Well, you, 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 you had a monthly? Oh, I did, but yeah. I'll think you your voucher. Hang on. <laughs> so. Do a deal. Belief. Actually, who knows? It, okay. Quiz time. I think, therefore I am. Has anybody heard that before? Yes, yep. yes. Does anybody know who the philosopher was? Uh, no. Um, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, Gary V. Yeah. No, close. Close. He was French. Oh. Early 1600s. Had a wicked hairdo. Like kind of mullet style. René Descartes. French philosopher. Calling him name, but he, came, he was an interesting philosopher. He came in at the end of the... There's big, <laughs> there was a big change in religion at that stage, the Protestant Reformation, all that sort of stuff was happening Descartes, around... Descartes, D-E-S-C-A-R-T-E? Descartes, yeah, D-E-S-C-A-R-T-E-S. René, yeah. Descartes. And that was his famous... His famous line. Every philosopher has a famous line. 
um, Nietzsche, God is dead, but we won't go down that way. That one. Was God um, ever alive? Hmm? Was God ever alive? Belief in God. Actually, that's a really good connection with what I'm talking about. The belief society had the belief in God, but that started to break down with science coming in. Yeah, so there was a lot of talk about there was all these philosophers, all this stuff happening, and people were not believing as much anymore. So that's what Nietzsche was talking about when he said God is dead. He said the belief in hum humans don't have the belief anymore, be it a good thing or a bad thing. But Descartes, okay, I think therefore I am. And what he's talking about is, if you really question everything, right? You look around and question everything. That's, well, that's what you should be doing. You should be questioning everything because you don't take. We've talked about this before. You know, we're conditioned throughout our life to, to follow this, to follow that, to do that. That's a glass. That's a this. You're told pretty much everything, but it's all perception, isn't it? But you have to question your perception. You know, is that really a bottle? Is that really a table? Um, and if you have any doubt at all. Do another one. The glasses are empty. Um, we look at the big picture too much of the time. Like we just take things for granted, I suppose. Um, and Descartes actually got to the stage of breaking everything down, like trying to reason about nearly everything in his life. Um, and the only thing he got to in the end was he knew he was there. He was something because he could think. Even if he was uh, being controlled by aliens, if he was in a simulation, if he was whatever. Because he, he could control it. He was, he, well, he was still aware of it, he, yeah. of being able to think. So therefore, he existed. Okay? Um, and just, he, he talked about you know, the, how unreliable our senses are. Because I mean, perception really is electrical signals, it's light, it's stuff that's going into your brain, getting jumbled around, and then being. Your conscious is then so ones and zeros, right? Yeah, exactly. Your conscious binary. Well, the, the matrix, you know, is is the similar thing. Are we living in a simulation? All these sort of questions. That's where Descartes started thinking. I mean, he, he didn't obviously know the matrix back then because it wasn't it available in DVD. Of... Might have been available in VHS back then. Possibly. I don't think so. So, what I want to ask you is: Do you have any beliefs, be it large religious beliefs or or anything, that if you really questioned it? and broke it down, you would probably find that there's a lot of questions there. So why do you believe that? Is that a big question? Mm. Well, you could, uh, Conrad can probably follow through from this, but where does faith come into it? Yeah, faith, yeah. Or be it anything, you know, search really deep on any, be it like political, politi po politics is a perfect example. People say, I vote Labour. Okay, why do you vote Labour? Because my mum and dad voted Labour, and I think they, you know, I'm quite lefty, leftist, and I sort of want, you know, power to people and all that sort of stuff. But keep breaking it down. Break it down to, to its smallest parts. And if you don't believe any of that stuff, or there's parts of it that you don't believe, yeah. why do but you? Like, there's a. Oh, sorry to cut you off, but like, no, no. My, my answer is I've, I've said this often. Like everything's right, and like everything is wrong. There's always an argument or a justification on both sides of almost anything once you try and question something. Yep. Like, and if you're talking down the religious path, you can find evidence to support you either side. Yep. You can find evidence on in any situation. And if you start to really question things like around you know, what you're talking before, if we're a simulation or otherwise, you could find evidence that suggests that actually that could be true. Yep. Um, it's something I've even pondered. I, I remember even pondering as a kid. Like, isn't this weird? Like, I'm standing in a space where no one can see me, but can anyone see me? What does this look yeah. like? All these other random thoughts. So, like, I, I feel like there is always an argument. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think that the big, that's the biggest point of all of this is that not enough people think deeply on things. But also, I think also, you drive yourself but you drive yourself mad, right? I think you can get to a point. Madness, what's madness? Madness is this because he, after all this, he got down to a point where, and he's, I don't know whether what his life looked like, but he's got to this point where the only thing that could convince him effectively that he even existed yeah. was the fact that he could think. But he he came down to things say like, okay, you don't look at a, an object and go, okay. I'm going to question if that glass is a glass. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? But what's it made up of? <laughs> exactly, like, can you yeah. look around the room and just see energy? Because that's depends what it what all is. Depends what you've taken. Um, no, but really, I, I, I look. Have you? 
Conrad, uh, you would have thought down this line before I'm sure you have. Have you okay, ever tried so to consider that? That everything is just... We, we know how things are made, or like roughly how. Everything's just made up of the same energy. It's all perception. Like, every, every, like touch. Have you ever tried to throw a different lens in front of it? Yeah, one yep. all the time. Yep. So do you have any beliefs that you have had recently or in the past that you question still and probably don't really believe, but it's still something that is part of your belief system? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I think we touched this in the early phase, right, when we talked about God. Um, yeah, I do believe, well, I, I do go to church, all right? I'm a, I'm a Catholic, I go to church on Sundays. I subscribe to the faith, but I'm probably more interested in the word other than the doctrine nature of the, the belief of a God existing. Um, because that's just who I am now. I've questioned everything now. So, my, yeah, I think this is not me on my own. You know, God has been questioned for forever and a day. Um, and I'm not questioning the context of God other than the representation of God. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I sit with that one probably more than most others. I think it's a skill set that you need to kind of practice and you can use it as with anything for positive or negative, depending on how you want to go. Don't just Destructive take, or creative, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, could, yeah. You, can, you could go down a negative, which you end up with, what's the point, as, as long as I'm thinking. Or, yeah, and you can well, actually, well, back in the day, the skeptics the, were, were out, the people that believed nothing is... Yeah. real, like nothing, like you can't believe in anything. So it could so. be destructive, but I think there's a lot of positive if used in the right way, which is, I guess, again, self-awareness. There are a lot of bullshit beliefs we tell ourselves or justify ourselves. Simple, funny one, this morning, <laughs> I don't know whether he wants to call, I'll call him out on it, but maybe not just yet. <laughs> yeah, do it. We, have a good friend, we have a good friend of ours, and uh, we're doing 1RMs at the gym this morning, and all of a sudden, According to his numbers from the last four or five weeks, he should be doing, say, X number according to what he's been doing. Yeah. Anyway, this morning, he fucking does one and a half times that predicted number while the other people are what around. What are talking about? Hado. We're talking about Hado. We're talking about Hado. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, on the, I guess on a day-to-day, -day, on the belief, I'm going to call him out on this because there's some posts going around as well, where he was telling himself that he, could, he couldn't like lift weights of a certain caliber because he hurt himself. Then he comes out and he's more than capable of doing it. And he didn't challenge That's his great. previous beliefs. I would have loved to have been there. You were kind of there, you missed out on that part. But um, You're in your own world this morning. But in a similar aspect, I tore um, my meniscus um, a while ago. It's the same context as, hey, I've been there where, and I felt it was sore, and I got, and someone told me, oh, you shouldn't do this, rah, rah, rah. And I didn't do any weights on it for about seven or eight months, and then, because I was waiting for a thing with the, um, the surgeon. Surgeon turns around and goes, do some of this and that. He goes, fine, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm like, what? And like, I felt like there was clicks and be sore here and there and there was nothing wrong with it. The next day, like I felt like even with the weights, I couldn't put as much pressure on it. I had this belief, bullshit belief, that it was sore and I couldn't do anything. Because you hadn't really tested it. You because hadn't really challenged gone down it, and right? challenged it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think it's a skill set that it's really hard to overcome as an individual. It kind of comes back to so you talked about that sitting in the mirror and talk to yourself um, and ask yourself silly questions. Because it depends on what belief you're trying to break, whether it's a religious or a conditional or a family. Uh, it comes awareness, right? Um, well, the injury thing, I think I talked a few podcasts ago about how I'd only ever run like two to four K for the mm. last year and a half because I had an injured foot. And then I just decided I wanted to go for a run and I ran 11 kilometers. Messaging. Like, it's just, messaging I, it's just, we're just what I told myself for like 18 months. And it yeah. was just like a, like a flick of a switch like in, in the mind to tell, you know, just give yourself a different perspective, right? Things yep. aren't impossible. No, nothing is. You know, and it's that's the questioning game, right? I think that's around like how much can you, you know, you get better at the skill of questioning things yes. well, wider, deeper. He was highly skillful in breaking things down and looking at the smaller parts. And if the bit was broken, he'd start again. Like he'd have to get back to the beginning and start well, again. Like this if, if where, he finds a problem. In so it. we went. We uh, Michael um, Magic and I. Magic. <laughs> I'll take the magic because now I'm feeling Magic Johnson here, not Magic uh, Matt. Dude, you're magic white. Matt. You're white. Magic M. <laughs> white. Doesn't matter. I mean, call me Luke Longley then. We went. So we went. So Gary B. 
And um, uh, Mike had the opportunity to ask him a question and complimented him being a modern day philosopher. He actually, Gary Vee has a, an amazing way of breaking down like stuff the real as well stuff. and yeah, sees yeah. the real stuff, which is the beliefs, trying to get to individuals' beliefs, like simple things of giving people permission because they believe they need someone else's permission. Yeah, it's very easy to believe everybody else because you yes. don't need to think then, yeah? Well, exactly right. We are. So I came to this conversation yesterday again, and I've been and I've framed it for a while. A goldfish actually has a better span of attention than a human being at the moment. Since 2015, I, don't, I haven't seen any re- recent data. It's known that a goldfish has a span of attention of eight seconds. A human being has one of seven seconds, nine seconds, seven seconds. But there is a difference, and it, and they're putting it down to distraction. So, social it, media. Well, and this is where things like blood. flotation, meditation, this sort of stuff should be part it's, of but, the healthcare but, system. But this is all a byproduct of behaviours and habits, right? Mm. It's not this. No, it's not. It's the, the habit. This, the is, habit. this is done. So no, if we are aware that. of the habits that it's causing, like my sore thumb could be caused by my excessive SMSing, then it's a habit. <laughs> now, I'm aware of it. I only, I, I only got challenged on it this morning because like, I keep getting infrequent sore wrists. I thought it was RSI, and they said it's because you're expecting. Now, I don't know whether it's a joke or not, but there's a plausible option there that I need to have a look at. Is there any other things you under... <laughs> no, I won't go. Just I, use, I haven't just done use, this however long we've done Just use Siri. So, but what, what I'm saying is how you become aware, your choice becomes. Are you quite a rational person, do you think? Me? Yeah. Irrational or rational? Rational. I like to think so, and I think that's what allows me to operate in black and white. And that's interesting, because I think entrepreneurs are fairly rational, yeah? They see things as they are, or try and break them down to the smaller parts so they can work it out to then take action on it. But so. it's funny bringing back to the car, I can't even say it's going on. Descartes. whatever you say. But he also focused on meditation, right? Mm. That was the last part of his work. Um, he once sat, in a, sat in a warm oven yeah. for like a whole day meditating, as you would. So it says he that's explains why he that's called his own beliefs to the doubt. He doubted his own beliefs. And what, I, and what I learned in the past of that course was that, you know, and, and I guess I knew, but all our beliefs are limiting by nature. Mm. Yeah. Not bad, not bad, they're limiting by nature. Limiting you because... you can't change your beliefs. Actually, that's but you something that's just limited, right? You can question it. Yeah, all yeah. our beliefs are limiting by nature. Yes. All our, ca- all our underlying core beliefs. Well, everything is limiting by nature, unless you question it, yeah? Yeah. It's true. Even if you go big, it still has a limit I'm on it, right? Yes, well... We're... It's not me. Well, it's, I'm, it's not me. It's not my stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you think, even if you say setting a lofty goal, you're putting a cap on it. You know, um, who, who sets expansive goals... I saw one. I think I mentioned there's a guy that I've um, read some of his um, literature and things before. A guy called Peter Daniels, and I just remember his life goal was to see how much money he could give away in his lifetime. Now, some would argue that you need a more tangible goal to try and achieve that, but others would say, well, that's an expansive goal that he's never going to get to. But his legacy is trying to achieve as much as possible in that giving frame. Not measurable. That's that's what some will question. That's right. So some will question that, but then you're you're saying now all of our goals and all of our beliefs have a limit, yeah. and they do. Well, it's X number our of core dollars. Beliefs are formed between zero and eighteen by our mothers, and four and four, four and eight years old by our fathers. That's the psychological profiling of our belief patterns. Our beliefs that are inherited from our mother are generally about self worth. Our beliefs inherited by our father are generally about acknowledgement. Again, all psychological evidence. And everyone deals with it. Everyone has self-worth issues. Everyone has acknowledgement issues. Everyone has mother and, mother and father issues. But they're actually not mother and father. They're masculine and feminine. And masculine and feminine exist in every human being. It exists in all four of us blokes here. Hmm. 
Well, you're wearing pink pants. And securities. Yeah, watermelon. <laughs> which is ironic. Watermelon, that's a first Which is ironic <laughs> because I actually watched a video last night and I, I'd love to know where it was from. I'd, I'd probably find it and chuck it in the notes. But this video was around how, like at one point, and only about 80 or 90 years ago, boys wore pink and girls wore blue. And that, like before that, well, they were all wearing dresses because that was um, that was the easiest way to get well, in and change a kid. Man. Well, it's the easiest way to go and change a kid. Advertisers, marketers kill everything, right? And basically what we now associate as pink for girls and blue for boys is purely something that came out of what the manufacturers were doing in the 1940s and 50s on the basis of what people seem to like. And yet we, we label this stuff. Mike, over to you. What, I mean, you got anything to summarise or...? No, I don't think I do. My, uh, my flotation in the red wine is like, yeah, combination. You know what we should have got Mike for his birthday? We got Mike anything for his birthday. Yeah, we should have got Mike for his birthday. Couldn't you see him like smoking a pipe by a river somewhere? Hmm. Like maybe we should have got him a. We should have got him a pipe. Yeah. Or, or a beard. Uh, well, a beard. see, I think I think over time, Mike, you will actually develop a, one of those big long beards, <laughs> and you'll very much look like the stereotypical philosopher in, in your next 30, Hopefully. 40 that's, years. That's my vision. <laughs> that's your why. That's my that's why. why. To turn into a philosopher. Yeah. You are anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah you, you know, Which, you, and philosophy is really just thinking, yeah. Questioning life. It's obvious that you think a lot, Mike. I know, my brain hurts, actually. I'm talking about your hair going. Oh. <laughs> 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 On that night, gentlemen, are we all done? Gone. Going. I think we're done. All right. Bye. Bye. Been lovely. Goodbye. See you next time. There's no champagne. There's no champagne.